Welcome back to God Knows Where. I'm Brett Harris. We're continuing our first series, I Didn't Say That, with a look at what belief even means. And sadly, there are no references to Nicolas Cage and John Travolta's classic 1997 film that inspired today's title, but I hope that what I have to share with you makes up for that. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you're here. Here's Faith Off. Jesus might not have said that we need to accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. We might still believe that we do. We might not. Regardless, on several occasions, Jesus does bring up this topic of believing in him. As I mentioned in the first episode, there are just a few occasions where he does so, and mostly they're in John's Gospel. Before we go on to talking about belief, I have to admit something. I admitted it in the first sentence of my first sermon at University Baptist Church, and I reminded the folks there of it in the first sentence of my last one. I'm a nerd. I love words. I love finding just the right word to make a point. I love that Japanese has a single word for the stack of books on your nightstand that you're probably never going to read. It's Sundoku, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it's not just Japanese. Languages from all over the world have these single words that mean very specific things, and sometimes they have many words for ones we've reduced to a single one in English. Greek has four words for our word love. If you've been to a wedding where the pastor read from 1 Corinthians or sat through any sermon on the topic of love, then you've almost certainly heard this explanation, so I won't belabor it here. Back to belief. Jesus might not have said that we have to accept him, but this word believe does pop up a lot when we read through the Gospels, if not from Jesus' mouth, from those who were writing his story. And you may be asking yourself, Brett, isn't this about what Jesus didn't say? Not a word that gets used all the time in the Gospels? And you're right. It is. But I don't think Jesus meant what our translations tell us he said. I think he said and meant something different. Believe is an English approximation of a Greek word, and that word is pistis. And I can already hear my children giggling. Pistis. Anyway, pistis in its various forms is found somewhere near 250 times in the New Testament. And overwhelmingly, something like 95% of the time, it's translated either as believe or faith. Believe in, have faith in, and so on and so on. But that remaining 5% or so, however, gives us this different translation. It's one of commitment or pledge or trust. So why the differences? Do those differences matter? I think they do. Because when I believe something, I do so with my head, my mind, my brain. Belief is logical. It's an agreement that we make to information that we see. If I use a level to measure the shelf I'm about to install and the little bubble is between the two lines, then I believe that that shelf will be level. 
and whatever I set on top of it won't fall off. And when I have faith in something, I do that with my heart. I have faith that Steve Forbes will return Wake Forest basketball to the Tim Duncan years. I don't know that he will, but I have faith. My faith will be tested. It may be wrong, and at any point I can lose it or I can place my faith elsewhere. But when I trust something, though, I give up control. If I have a tumor growing inside of my body, there's nothing I can physically do to get it out. I mean, I could take a swig of whiskey and bite down on a towel and give it a go, but I don't really want to do that. So, in these cases or in others, we put our trust in a surgeon to remove a tumor or to repair a joint or to sew up a wound. We put our trust in them to do what we can't do. I accept that I can't know what I don't know and that there's nowhere else I can turn for help in that moment. So which one of these sounds to you like what Jesus might have meant whenever he used that word pistis? Or what might all those folks who wrote down his story and passed it down to us, what might they have meant when they chose to use that word? I know what I think. I don't think Jesus ever wanted us only to believe. I don't know that he always wanted us to have faith. I think that he wanted us to trust. To trust that what he says is true. To trust that what he did will work if we do it too. To trust that there's always enough to go around. That there's always more that we can give. That there's always someone out there willing to share with us when we're in need. But trust is hard. Giving up control is hard. Being comfortable with allowing someone else to care for us or do right by us or consider what is best for us is really, really hard. In his latest special, the comedian Neil Brennan talks about how relationships are like doing trust falls every day. I trust you. Do you trust me? And when a relationship comes to an end, that's why it hurts so badly. Because that trust got shattered. That's why we struggle with trust. That's why we prefer to believe. That's why we prefer to have faith. Belief is safe and faith is secure. I can gain more knowledge and that knowledge can shift or confirm my beliefs. I can arm myself with whatever I need to believe the right things, whatever I think they are. But whatever that is, it's all safe inside my head and I don't have to let it out if I don't want to. And I can decide when to have faith and when not to have faith. I can decide whether or not I need to be faithful and to what degree. It's like a bank account. I can put my faith somewhere safe with a promise of good returns. I can manage it. I can be risky with some of it. I can hold some of it back. I can play it safe or I can bet the farm. But with trust, it's all out of my hands. And I think if we look at Jesus' entire ministry, that's his message to us. Trust me. This Jewish philosopher, Martin Buber, another name that my children would also be chuckling at right now, he wrote this book called Two Types of Faith, where he looks at Abraham's faith and Paul's faith with Jesus positioned in between them. He makes the argument that Paul's faith, focused on believing the right things and staking the right claims, led us to where we are today, 
but that Jesus, more than likely, was looking back to Abraham's unwavering sense of trust. He was looking back in that direction when he invites us to follow him and take him at his word. Old, childless, nomadic Abraham put his trust beyond his control, and it restored his youth, and it expanded his family, and it bore fruit beyond his wildest imagination. Somewhere close to 250 times, this word pistis gets used in the New Testament. And I get the sense that 99% of the time we should translate it trust. I heard a sermon once where the preacher made the same suggestion, and I'd give them credit for reshaping my thinking about this word if I was smart enough to remember where or when I heard it. All I know is it's not my idea but I do think it can make the difference in how we live our lives. So I'd encourage you, take out your Bible. Find that word believe or faith in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and replace it with trust. See what happens. See if it makes you look at anything any differently. I think that if we can reconsider Jesus' message in terms of trust rather than belief, or faith, that we're actually freer. Instead of holding on to beliefs or clinging to faith, we'll find ourselves reaching out to help somebody else. Speaking up to say what needs to be said and leading with our lives. Just like Jesus. God Knows Where is written, produced, and edited by me, Brett Harris, with music by Thomas Steinwinder and Michael Trest, and unwavering support from my wife, Elizabeth. If you like what you hear, I'd encourage you to share God Knows Where with your friends and family and give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. It'll mean the world to me, and it'll help more people find God Knows Where. Thanks in advance for your help and for being here and for listening. Until next time, take these words from William Sloan Coffin with you. May God give you the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them, and your eyes and see through them, and your hearts and set them on fire.